0: This is Adnan Basrai, And this is Jeb Buffington. You're listening to Between the Islands. Welcome to the show. Hey, so this is Jeb. And it's just me today. Um, Adnan and I have had a, a hard time getting connected because of the insanity of our schedules. And so... Uh, we'll do just a solo recording here. It isn't going to be anything like um, the other ones, not a lot of back and forth, probably just a little bit more of a stream of consciousness, if you will. Uh, I've, we've received quite a bit of feedback about the podcast, and so I thought I would lean in on a few of those things. Um, after the last podcast, I've received so many messages um, with pictures of people eating pizzeria combos I've just had to laugh, and it's been a a regular theme um, for the week. It's, it's come up in conversation a lot for some reason. Um, so, but if you want to know the other kind of junk food I love eating when it comes uh, to post race recovery, um, you know, I'll let the secret right out of the bag. After I've done a really long run, and only long runs. I'm typically fatigued, I've sweat a lot, got salt all over me, um, and I'm looking for a bit of a sugar blast to get, you know, uh, know, some sugar put back into the body. And so uh, my go-to is a nice ice-cold can of Mellow Yellow, or a bottle of Mellow Yellow. Um, And if by chance they don't have Mellow Yellow, which most places do, but still, it's kind of one of those smaller, lesser knowns. Um, I'll go for Mountain Dew, right? It's like rocket fuel to get energy back into your body. Um, So uh, that's a go-to. And then my other uh, guilty pleasure, Little Debbie snack cakes. Um, My personal favorite are Swiss rolls. Um, But uh, I also like the oatmeal um, sandwiches, the patties, the star crunches, all of that stuff. But By far, for sure, Swiss rolls are my go-to jam. And don't tell me about Hostess having uh, great ho-hos. Ho-hos are overdone, they're often dry, there's way too much chocolate on the outside. It's not the perfect blend. Swiss miss, Uh, uh, Swiss rolls is where it's at. Um, So so that is my post-run recovery, and you can blast me all you want. Uh, if you would like to, but it is what it is, and it works for me. <laughs> uh, I never claim to be a healthy person. I just, uh, I, I just, I just do long runs. That's it. Uh, and largely, I think I work out simply um, so that I can eat whatever I want. And I, I hate being restrictive about anything uh, that I have to eat or anything related to treats or kitchen or whatever. It's just my propensity for personal freedom. Um, this is the price I pay long runs to eat the junk I want. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, uh, I've also been asked a, a, a little bit about leaning in to what it is that a, that a merchant does. Um, now, you know, I, I, I've talked about this a little bit, but the merchant that I work for is Home Depot. Home Depot is one of the largest merchant organizations in the world, they've got tons of money, they drive billions of dollars in sales um, through a lot of different channels. Um, Internally, they have a team of merchants by title that are given a budget um, and with that budget, they go buy product that customer needs and go stick it on a shelf or on a website or set up some sort of an arrangement for delivery. So when I re- when I say merchant, that's oftentimes what I refer to. Sometimes they're called buyer. Um, sometimes they're called a, a category merchant or a category manager. There's I've been at a few different uh, retailers, and so they're named a little bit different at each one. Um, but in a in a retailer's you know corporate setting, there's a long line of talent that wants to be the merchant um, culturally implied and often said in the office, everyone wants to be a merchant, just like if you're a store associate, everyone wants to be the store manager. Um, Whether professionally or as an armchair merchant, who wouldn't want to decide what gets sold online and in stores? The merchant is the center of decision-making, the hub of the wheel, if you like that analogy. We all buy product every day in our personal lives, Just one ounce of that experience can lead many to believe that they have what it takes to make the decisions for the entire market, for the masses. If only it was that simple. And so just think about the last time you bought anything. Your experience and research put you in the thick of the shopping experience. You understand what's important and what can be dismissed. Armed with this information, You can inform and guide others, you become an expert, but that was only your experience, not that of the masses. A merchant needs to gather all the shopping experiences from a very diverse set of customers and deliver a solution for everybody. Sometimes they can deliver on the niche and the exclusive. If they can think like a customer, then success is secured. Um, Well, at least that's a a pretty good start. Uh, So while myself is a merchant running the world's largest nail gun program, um, this is just a couple of years ago, uh, I was in a store in Oakland, California, and it's a day I will never forget. We were doing some store associate trainings, teaching them everything they needed to know about nail guns. Um, And during these sessions, we often stand in the aisle with store associates from from the surrounding area. And I was teaching this group, along with our suppliers, about nail guns. All the brands and the features that made this program better than any other in the world. And these sessions can be tough because it's a lot of information and very little time for our stores to remember. So... Um, I teach that way. I'll leave the team with three things to remember. Um, I'll give them simple tricks to build their credibility with the shopper while they're in the aisle. Um, and generally, these sessions end with, you know, smiles and thank yous. Um, and, and generally, they get you outside of your typical rhythm and they can be a lot of fun. Plus, you're shooting nail guns all morning and, and that's just fun. So, on this particular day in Oakland, though, Uh, We had a pro remodeler listening from the back of the crowd. And I always love to see this happen. Our our pros that are shopping in the store are welcome to come and learn about our tools as well. This pro, however, was a bit hostile. After railing me about my style of teaching, especially my Midwestern uh, upbringing, because I use the word, uh, quote, guys, unquote, Uh, when I talk to groups I do that a lot and hopefully you know what I mean like hey guys gather around or can we do it guys Um, that's just it was just the way I was kind of brought up and you know like I said it's just the, the phraseology that I use a lot but she proceeded to tell me that she would never buy a nail gun from our store ever again um, and so I pressed her on why uh, this was after her being critical of my style, <laughs> um, which I have broken myself of, by the way. Uh, and, I, and I try to be mindful of it all the time because she had a really good point. Um, but she said she wouldn't buy from us anymore and that she preferred another brand called Senco that you would never be able to buy in our stores and that those tools were better. They never broke down. They were easy to repair and that all the brands we carried weren't pro quality. What she wasn't aware of was that I did carry the Senko nail guns, but only in select stores. Their popularity was specific to certain regions of the country, and I just didn't have them in Oakland, California. So I made it clear that we could get her that Senko nail gun and have them on the shelf for her, um, and, and for the other builders in the area, and I could do that, I could pull that switch and make it done in you know three weeks. See, my point in that is that that was her experience. She used that moment and her experience using a nail gun to make a living to show me how she knew better. And I wasn't gonna argue that for one second. Her experience with our brands and the Senco brands she, she referenced, um, prompted me to deep dive failure points and follow through repair and replace processes to make sure no one else was having these types of problems. But she still didn't know what I knew. I spoke for all trades and customer types. I had to build that store's specific assortment, and I did it with years of data points. I'd used and tested every nail gun that existed and landed on this assortment, these, you know, 20 nail guns for the Oakland area. And so she brought me a real nice data point, but in no way was she capable of making a decision on what tools needed to be on that shelf. And this, folks, this, guys, just kidding, not guys, but this is, in essence, what a merchant does. So, I just wanted to give you that example as a a, a quick little shot, you know, in the arm for the perspective that I'm 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 coming from. Um, I've said it before. I've been a merchant for 17 years. I've been with some of the largest resellers, retailers on the planet. I've been in consumer electronics. I've been in engines. I've been in garden. I've I've had a lot of categories. and, and with some of the largest retailers in the world, and so that gives a very unique perspective. When you are the number one market share merchant on the planet, you have a very different experience than people that are shopping the store. But also, I fully recognize that that's just my experience. The voice of the customer can get me behind the curtain, behind the scenes, and expose me to things that I'm not seeing, because of the perspective that I'm coming from. So I've said it before, and I'll say it over and over and over. Um, a great merchant is willing to see product no matter where it comes from. Whether a super small company, startup, someone that has invested, you know, thousands of dollars in prototyping, or a large, you know, super manufacturer with brand recognition, um, all of them need to be seen, talked to, factored, and if you 're not willing to do that, you suck at being a merchant uh, i 'll just say it right now, and unfortunately, there are people out there that suck at being a merchant, whether it 's in you know sporting goods or tools or office supplies. Uh, but there are people out there that are really good at it and then i 'd also say you know we have a lot of people that work in retail environments um, that, that likely interact with merchants on their day to day. We need to hear your voice, so don't be afraid. Uh, call a merchant, um, get on the phone, send them messages, make your voice heard, because we need that perspective. And then if you're a, a salesperson, because I know there's a lot of salespeople from some of the best brands you know in, in the world listening to our podcast, we, we see it in the data. Um, we need your input also. And don't bring a salesperson stuff. Uh, uh, don't sell just for the sake of selling because you're trying to make a paycheck. Uh, if you're not putting the priority of the merchant you know, and, and the priority of the category of the market or, or those working pros first and you're just trying to sell in, you're never gonna make it. People that try to sell in only and aren't considerate of the sell out and returns and all of the other things that go into a great merchant um, uh, supplier relationship, um, you've got to be really good at that. And if you're not, and you're just worried about selling in, you're making things worse. You're not making things better. So go find someone else to pedal to. Uh, anyway, those are my two cents uh, for this solo edition of Between the Isles. Uh, it's been fun. Edna and I are recording again in three days. And so until then, please drop me a DM. Um, you'll find me on LinkedIn. We have a page on LinkedIn for Between the Isles. Um, also go find me out on Instagram. I keep an account uh, that is just Jeb Buffington, but then I also own, uh, Jeb the merchant and I post, uh, I really need, need to bring the two together. Uh, it's annoying having to operate two different accounts. Um, and then also Adnan, you can find him, um, Adnan Basre Uh, and he is, uh, he's out there on the Insta as well. Um, but We appreciate everyone that listens and supports the show. And if uh, you feel so inclined um, to support us with a great review, uh, we definitely would appreciate that. And so until next time, enjoy your days, enjoy your lives, go do something awesome, and uh, we'll drop another podcast shortly.